And I am told, I am told that uh, Ariella Davis is here and Libby Fox is here. Ariella is the interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy. That would be in the city of Charleston. I got to get this right. Should I say North or South Carolina? Give me a second. My friends in Charlotte are North Carolina, right? So Charleston, I think, is South. Am I right that you guys are from South Carolina? You are such a New Yorker. <laughs> I'll tell you. Rabbi Oppenheim in Charlotte's going to be shocked that I got it right. But I'm right. I did a, a good job on that one. So Ariella Davis is the interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy in Charleston. Libby Fox is director of development at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy in Charleston. Welcome to you both. Thank you. You drove here from Charleston. We did. Early this morning? No. Yeah, right. Oh, you, you did this last night? You <laughs> just look really tired. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not a commentary about your appearance, trust me. <laughs> Charleston is again one of those historic Jewish communities. It's one of those uh, uh, it's one of those places where if people would explore, they'd find a, a Jewish community history of sometimes hundreds of years. I don't know exactly in Charleston's case, but today in 2019, do you still feel and does the community still feel that it is you know, one of these old time historic communities? Yes. Yeah, so there are families that are still in the, in the BSBI synagogue that have been there for five to eight generations. Um, Libby's family is one of them. My husband is fifth generation Charlestonian, yes. So, it, you know, this, the congregation goes back, I think, over 180 years. And BSBI stands <laughs> for? Brit Shalom Beth Israel. All right. And it's, uh, wow, that is one long-time congregation, to say the least. And they so say they never missed the minions during the Civil War. It's funny you say that because I was handed a note about a different synagogue, a different community in the southeastern part of the United States that also were lauding the fact that they had not missed a minion I don't think it was during the period of the Civil War, but it was uh, maybe it was the entire 20th century. We'll get to it when we get to that community. But you're saying that that's how they pride themselves on that, yes. that during the Civil War, they never missed Dominion. Boy, talk about being open 365 days a year. That is, <laughs> that's a trying time to stay open, that's, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> so Charleston, now, um, there are a couple of things I remember. I remember that there was uh, there a major storm, but there was some famous major, was it Gloria? That that was, no, was it Hugo? Was Hugo? Uh, and did that change the community a lot? Did people did run away, or just it needed some rebuilding? What was the situation with that whole thing? You know, rebuilding I think was um, what's pretty much it. And then I think the the economy blew up after Hugo. So I, I actually wasn't in Charleston at the time, but uh, my husband's family was, and I think you know it was kind of under the beaten path. You know, it wasn't something that everybody knew about. Nobody, not a lot of people knew about Charleston. And after Hugo, everybody, you know, you came right. in, you repaired, you did what you had to do. The community came together, and then it was on the map. And from that point on, we have just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And the So ironically, like, that episode helped the community in a way. I would say. I would say so. You know, we have a ton of people moving into Charleston. I think they say on average – don't quote me on the statistics, <laughs> but, you know, John's Island is one of the islands in Charleston. You know, we're just made up of a bunch of islands right. and bridges. And they say 47 people a day are moving to John's Island. Um, is the Jewish community feeling that? Are they increasing at all? Not as much as we would like. The Jewish community at large is. The Orthodox community is not yet. What we're seeing is a tremendous uh, growth from outreach. Our community, our shul, we, my husband's the rabbi at BSBI. Um, when we came to the community seven and a half years ago, 
people said our shul was dying. And now I can't even tell you, this came from Hashem. We have all these young couples who have decided to become observant and have brought such a vibrancy into our shul who are having babies. And it is the most beautiful, inspiring community now. And I can't tell you how much I love it. I come from the five towns. I know most of the people in this room, Miriam Welk and I taught together at Hafter. And Charleston is just so inspiring to me as coming from the five towns because there's no hashkafic labels in Charleston. Um, we have one minion every day in BSBI and the rabbi of both Orthodox shuls and the Chabad rabbi Davin, they're together. We have Sephardim and Ashkenazim and Jews who are from and who are not from and everybody comes together to Davin together and we have the most amazing stories, I can't even tell you. And I feel my own growth has been just so amazing seeing all these people around me, like people like Libby who has an amazing story herself it's just been the most amazing community, and I think it's really becoming on the map for that reason. We are speaking to Ariella Davis, who's the Rebbitson at BSBI and the interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy, and Libby Fox, director of development at the Academy. What does it mean that you have a fabulous story? What could you share with us? Well, actually, here she goes again. <laughs> so Rabbi Starr was uh, one of my, the rabbis on my conversion papers. Um, my One of my first meetings with the rabbis were, in this room. So he can attest to the fact that you're the real deal, right? (laughs) Right. Oh, sorry. Um, So anyway, yeah, I came to Judaism, um, what, five years ago? And, uh, you know, it's a long story. I won't get into the details, but um, there are Well, there's some details I'd like to tell you about Judaism. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people warned me, trust me, trust me. They did warn you, Yeah, lots of warning. Why on earth Uh, did you want to do this? but, you know, there are a lot of people, I, I don't mean to compare, but there are a lot of people like me that have a similar story that have come to Judaism by choice or come to, Ju- you know, by choice actually converting and being a part of the Jewish people. And there are people that have come to Judaism, you know, just they grew up Jewish. They grew up in a semi-traditional home. And it's really amazing to see the learning that we do together. Like Ariella said, I mean, half of our minion every morning is made up of non-Shomer Shabbos people um, and they you know they make sure there's a minion they you know they're calling and making sure that people are going to be there and there's no problem making the minion it's just they want to be sure they are so dedicated to our shul and dedicated to the community and the history and continuing Um, it's really I've spoken to a woman who's also from New York and she's lived in many communities and she said she's never seen anything like it before Living in Charleston, where there there aren't a lot of Jewish resources, but people want to hold so closely to those, you know, Orthodox values. She's never seen anything like it. She says most of the time, you know, they'll become conservative, that the shul will become conservative. But to have, I mean, I would say, what, 15% religious families in our shul? Um, yes. You know, like but there's, they're only holding to the Orthodox values. I mean, it's... They don't want it to change. The people right. that aren't religious, they don't want it to change. Right. In a small community, you really make a very big difference. If you don't show up for yeah. Minion, then everyone knows. I mean, the fact that we all play so many different roles in a small community can't be anonymous. It has to be for the right kind of person who wants to make a difference. Well, a couple of things I want to say. First of all, I'm so glad you actually drove down here to, to be here because this conversation is a million times better for that reason. Um, I'm impressed by... Uh, how well you know the lingo and the vernacular <laughs> and how it sounds. Rabbi Starr, I guess I can give you credit for that. No, give it's, Rabbi Davis credit for that. <laughs> which is really amazing. Not everybody in your situation picks it up right, that clearly. Sure. But on a much more serious note, 
um, and I know I speak for people who are listening right now, uh, your, your explanation or your description of uh, what you've been through over the last few years uh, really helps awaken our souls, really helps awaken the souls of those who have been doing this for many, I don't want to tell you how many decades I'm doing this. I mean, you know, talk about <laughs> FFB. I mean, you know, it's a long, long time. And, and I think that that's extremely inspiring. I'm sure you feel it each time, so right? Every time you hear her speak, you're listening to somebody who really reminds us of what we have. And as we go through the week and through what sometimes can be a really routine Shabbos, etc., it's much different when you hear somebody who really appreciates it. Right. I always say I discovered Shabbos in Charleston. And not just from Libby, but even people who have been from their entire life, who have had to make Shabbos exciting for everyone else. Like, I come to Shabbos completely differently since I came to Charleston. It's so And you were from an Orthodox I'm community. I am from my father's Eli Torres. I'm giving him a shout-out. He's your biggest fan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he deserves a shout-out. Seriously. Oh, my God. He's obsessed. But... I really, like, I discovered what Judaism really should be since coming to Charleston. And it's not just Libby. We have our entire community is Bali Chuva or Gerim or just people who are on their path, who are learning. And I've really discovered what Judaism is living in Charleston. It's been so inspiring for me. Wow. Uh, tell me about the school. Okay. Do, we, do we have a lot of kids in the school? We have 110 kids from wow. 18 months to eighth grade. And I will tell you this. I've lived in a lot of different communities. This is an amazing school, and I'll tell you the reason why. Um, in big communities, very often Jewish day schools are competing with each other. We have one Jewish day school for everyone, and therefore we're competing against prep schools, and we're competing against our charter schools, and our education has to be top-notch, and it is. Another thing about our community that one of our detriments is we don't have a high school, which is a problem. Right. One of the positives of that, though, is that I'm not educating our students to get to high school. We are trying to educate our students Jewishly to inspire them where they are, which is very important for me. We're not checking a box. Did they learn this Rashi? Did they do this? Did they do that? We're trying to really inspire the children. And every year that may change depending on who's in that grade. Um, there's such a warmth in our school. There's We have an amazing teacher named Shlomi Tanel who's always dancing and singing with the kids. <laughs> Livy's child, she actually, her punishment is he won't be able to hear Havdalah with Shlomi <laughs> on Shabbos. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's his punishment, yes. No, when I try to sing the Shabbos songs with Pesach Moshe, when, you know, he comes home and he's singing and ready for Shabbos, and I try to sing with him, he says, no, no, mommy, only Shlomi can say that. You know, so that's how inspiring Shlomi is, that he, those songs belong to Shlomi. Great to have you know? a teacher like that. Oh, my yeah. God. He's, yeah. and he's in the shul, he works at BSBI, and he's our closest friend, and we're, it's an amazing community. Uh, and and once the boys and girls do graduate, there are high schools they can consider, right? There are even some high schools in the southeastern part of the United States. That it they is a challenge. I will be honest with you. It's our biggest challenge as a community. It's because many want to drift into the public school system. Many go into the public school system or the private schools, and some of them are doing great. Right. Um, it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. It's our biggest challenge right. as a community. Uh, so what can we tell people about Charleston that might attract them to the community to come down and either visit, which I'm sure you'd welcome, right, to visit or to even possibly think of – you know, working there and, and living there? Are, are there industries that sure. are dominant there in Charleston? Yes. Yeah, so number one, Charleston's the number one tourist destination in the United States for about, like, what, four or five years now? I think so. We have dolphins, um, which I walk to the Battery every morning. Charleston's a beautiful city in addition to being a historic city. Um, it has top-rated golf and history, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful city. So the pace of life is just so different. Living in New York, even I lived in Houston, Texas for a while, which is how I know Yoni here. And mm, shout out to Yoni. I feel like I know everybody here from different points. 
pace <laughs> of life. Um, but it's Houston's a great city and a great community. But Charleston's so beautiful. Every day you walk around, it really just affects. Like, I walk in the morning. I wake up at 5 in the morning so I can walk by the water and watch the sunrise, and my day is already amazing just seeing the beauty. It really affects your life. So, and there's lots of tech, tech yes. industry. So Google, Boeing, BMW, Volvo, um, BlackBot. I mean, we have all of these very big tech companies. Um, they're, you know, of course, doctors and lawyers out there. You know, there are lots of small businesses. Uh, you know, yeah. small businesses. It's, a lot, it's really a, a bustling place for... I think um, small business owners, my husband and I actually own a small business also. And um, yeah, there, there are plenty of, op- there's so much opportunity there. I think it's just, it's untapped. People just don't quite, they're not sure yet. It's Charleston, South Carolina. They're just not sure. It's beautiful. Once The pace of life is, um, I mean, I've never lived anywhere other than the South, but it's, you just, you know, you're it's not... It's manageable. It, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And you're five hours from Atlanta. How far from New York? How long is that? It's a 13-hour drive, right. but it's a two-hour easy flight from JetBlue. And I will, right, tell, I will say something about what Libby said. I think it is tapped. I think many people are coming to Charleston. Many New Yorkers are coming to Charleston. Not many observant people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote a friend of mine who actually did move to Charleston. And someone said to him, how do you manage without pizza stores? Um, <laughs> and he said to them, you know, when you find something that's so much greater, you realize it's not such a big deal and like I go to visit my parents in the five towns none of the restaurants are really that amazing that I feel like it's worth moving back to New York for for the quality of life um, and the life that my kids have they're so wholesome they don't know what Uggs are they don't know like all these brand names because they live in a community that's so wholesome and it's just it's a really nice life how old's your oldest my oldest is 12 in the day school, obviously. In the day school, yes. We go through eighth grade. Uh, and how's Rabbi Davis doing? Oh, Rabbi Davis is wonderful. He's doing all right? He is fantastic. <laughs> that is the greatest thing that Charleston has. He is a wonderful rabbi. So you are a Rabbi Davis fan. <laughs> I am Rabbi Davis's biggest fan. And as a wife, you could be the biggest uh, detractor. But I can tell you, I will tell you something special about Rabbi Davis. Um, that above being just a Tamil Chacham, he's above all politics. He is just a person who is always calm. And here we have Yoni nodding along. He is really just like the old school kind of rabbi in that he is always calm. He's above politics. He really is doing this to serve Hashem, and he's just a really good person. And how about Naftali Herman and the OU? How have they been to Charleston? They have been wonderful. First of all, just giving us this opportunity to speak right now. I mean, Charleston is an unknown gem to the from community. Oh, there are people finding out about it right now. There are. But I can tell you that giving us this opportunity to speak on JM and the AM where people are listening is just such an amazing uh, way to give us that you know ability to speak to everyone. But also when we had the storm, and I was working at the OU at the time, immediately I got a message, and it was kind of funny because the hurricane was really nothing, but immediately I get a message of Naftali, are you guys okay? How are you doing? How can we help? Um, they've really been an amazing resource to us, and the OU is really special. Rabbi Weil comes down, yeah. um, Naftali Herman came down to speak in our community, and for them to hear a world-class speaker is like by Weil and and Avtali Herman has been really amazing. Boy, incredible. Amazing. How do people find that information about Charleston? So um, actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm the uh, community liaison listed on the OU website, Libby Fox. Oh, nice. So my information is there. You can contact me. You can call um, Ariella or Rabbi Davis. Um, I think that's probably the best way the best way to reach us. And uh, if someone does move down there, they should know they have a good day school. They have a good synagogue. We have a mikvah. We have, have a, mikvah. a kosher store now. Oh, they do have a kosher we have store. a kosher store now where you can get meat and chicken and everything else you might want. So we have a vegetarian college cafeteria. Um, what else am I missing? 
I mean that you know the normal Trader Joe has the kosher right. options. Yes, uh, we have. Yeah, we have a cookie store, a kosher cookie store. It also sells bagels. Um, yeah, there there are options. Right, you know? there are three Arabs within our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you really don't lose out. The only problem we have is no high school, but otherwise right. the community is stellar. All right, everyone, you have an opportunity to check out Charleston. Our thanks to uh, Ariella Davis, who was the Rebbitson at BSBI, and you'll send our regards to Rabbi Davis, Absolutely. please. Absolutely. Who I hope is listening right now. And, uh, and she's also interim principal at the Adelstone Hebrew Academy. And Libby Fox, director of development at Adelstone Hebrew Academy. A very inspiring story. And I thank you for thank sharing you. it with us. Thank you. And continued success in building the Charleston community. Amen. Let's you. hear it for Charleston, everybody. All right. You. There you go. Thank you very much. Amazing. Uh, thank you for traveling all this distance in order to be here in Atlanta with us as we feature some of the nor uh, southeastern Jewish communities here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. More coming up. You're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved... There we go. On the beloved NSN app. <laughs> 